I think that that's the lesson I've learned as a creative, specifically through writing, is that I need I need it to hit at the heart of the person reading, listening, experiencing, whatever it is. Like that's that is how my creativity comes full circle. Welcome to the Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Hey, I'd love for you to stop by DailyCreativeHabit.com. I've created several resources with you in mind as a creative person. First, there's a link to our free private Facebook group, called Daily Creative Habit. It is filled with creatives of all types who have raised their hands to say, I wanna show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. And so if that's you, we would love to see you as part of this group. There's also a link to receive our free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. This goes out twice a week and is filled with resources and inspiration and daily prompts for you as a creative person to make sure that you keep showing up every single day for your creativity. And lastly, there's a link out to the new Daily Creative Habit Guided Creativity Journal. And this is something that I'm really excited about because it's a 90-day journey that you can go on that guides you to plan and show up for your creativity and help you track and help you measure and figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. This is available right now through Amazon.com. On this week's episode, I get to sit down with Katie Kremitzos, and we have an amazing chat about being a multi-creative person. And her journey has been such that, you know, like many of us, she started in one place and had this evolution that happened. And she, she learned how to listen to this voice inside of her that kept prompting her to right to show up and she now thinks of herself as a publishing house because she has multiple areas where she shows up she has a podcast network with nine podcasts in them all serving women and around the themes of meditation and uh, I love this conversation because she also highlights the importance of you know on the on the creator side you want to be able to listen to those things that are important to you and show up and create things that are um, uh, interesting and valuable to yourself, but you also have to have, if you're going to make a living from this and make this a business, you have to have that business side that says, I need to serve people. I need to be thinking about who's on the other side of what it is that I'm creating. And I think that's a really important question. And I'm glad that this came up in our conversation today. So I know you're going to be highly encouraged by this chat. And so I'm going to get out of the way. And here is my creative chat with Katie. Well, Katie, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. Thanks for being here today. Mike, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Absolutely. You know, I love when I get to connect with people and just explore creativity and just see how it shows up in their life. And uh, we have a mutual friend, Allie, who introduced us and she said nothing but great things about you saying you have creativity coming out in all sorts of ways. So I was like, okay, this is going to be <laughs> awesome. I love this. I love this. So before we get too far into things, you know, when you're introducing yourself, like, how do you, what's your, what's your line at a party, right? Or somebody asks you, oh. what do you do? What, what, you know, who are you? What do you what do? What do I do? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a mom of two, two young little girls. I have a four year, almost four year old and a, uh, a seven year old. 
Um, I'm a wife. I've been married for, I've been together with my husband for 13 years. And, um, and then in the business arena, I have an entire network uh, called the Women's Meditation Network. And uh, we have, uh, at the time of this recording, we have about nine podcasts uh, that all provide some sort of guided meditation for women. And um, from everything from sleep meditation for women, morning meditation for women, daily affirmations, healing meditations, uh, sleep sounds, ambient sounds, all the good things. So, um, so you know, my my life it, from the lens of creativity is is a very interesting um, combination of sort of like the writing aspect, like actually mm -hmm. writing these guided meditations, and that sort of one whole you know life of a creator, and then. Uh, the actual building of a company, which is a, yeah. a, a very different and I think often not so um, people don't think of that as being very creative. And I right. think that it has been really interesting becoming and, and applying my creativity to the growing of this company. Yeah, yeah. And you're so true because um, in what you say in in that most people, when I say I believe everybody's creative, right, they kind of go, well, you know, I can't draw, I can't paint, I can't do those obvious expressions of what we consider the arts, right? And right. I'm like, no, I think actually we're all creative. It's just a matter of how we approach things, how we see things and what we do as a response to that, right? And so whether that's creating content, whether that's creating a business, uh, creating your schedule, a budget, I mean, there are tons of ways that creativity can come out and it's it's sometimes problem solving, right? Um, yeah and thinking like okay i have limited funds resources time whatever it is how can i creatively approach this problem and solve it to the best of my ability um yeah. and i think when we get into those conversations that opens things up for people to realize you know what yeah actually i am very creative um but i love yeah. that you say you know you've got the writing on the one hand on one hand and then the business on the other hand and um these things just kind of come together to help you in various ways that you show up for creativity um, so I'm, I'm curious, did you consider yourself a creative person when you were younger? Like, were there activities that you did, like, you know, the typical drawings or dance or what music, whatever? Well, what did that look like for you as a kid? Uh, yeah, I don't think that I really ever considered myself a creative or an artist. Like mm -hmm. I never would have put that label on myself. I was a total jock. I was an athlete. Um, I absolutely was also though the girl in art class who was making all these cool like clay little things um you know my i don't know if it's considered right brain or left brain i always get confused by that but i'm very like like organized you know very mm -hmm. organized very like i'm not abstract i'm very much like oh this is black and white here are the angles here's the shadow like that sort of stuff um so i was sort of this uh you know amalgamation of you know hardcore jock like just get me running and sweating um, but also like would randomly sort of have these creative outlets. There was a point at which in late high school that I was taking uh, drafting classes. I love the idea of like being able to design a house from the inside out. Mm. I used to have this, I think I still have this, this old notebook, like this old lined notebook that I used to just draw. I mean, very elementary, you know, drawings of all these cool houses. And, um, and then at some point I was like, you know, I want to be a clothes designer and I would create little clothes, you know, with my, uh, with my colored pens. And I mean, it was very, very basic, um, you know, but it was enough to the point that I, uh, when I decided, I grew up in Arizona and when I decided to go to college, one of the biggest things that I wanted, I was like, I want to go to Arizona state because they have a great architecture school and mm -hmm. I'm going to be an architect. 
And it took one semester of being in, art, in architecture school uh, because they sat down with me and they were like, okay, if you're going to be an architect, if you're going to graduate with an architecture degree, here's your whole schedule for the next four years. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all. That's too structured. <laughs> I need some freedom to move around. And I was like, yeah, I'm done with that. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have considered myself an artist. And even the writing, like now, I'm 43 now, like I finally uh, really identify as a writer. I embody mm -hmm. someone who, who believes she's a writer. Um, but you know, like I never really, I can't say I really took that seriously for a long time. I was always mm -hmm. like, I was, you know, writing in journals. I, and because I never really was great at nonfiction or I'm sorry, at fiction, you know, I remember, you know, my first trial at fiction writing was in junior high and I got like one paragraph in, I was like, yeah, I'm done. This is too hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I can write nonfiction like nobody's business. Like you want me to write from the heart about what's real and what I experience. I can't concoct stories, imagine, imaginary stories, but like I can write about what's real. And so I've always had, whether that's been through journals or, you know, in just personal letters to people to, you know, as, you know, I got older, like being able to write what I called microcopy on social mm -hmm. media. And um, I actually had like a copywriting business on the side for a while. Like I, there were all these ways that I was really flexing that muscle of being a writer until eventually I decided to, you know, launch this whole meditation network. And I was like, well, I, gu I guess I need to write meditations. <laughs> and that journey in and of itself has been really interesting of like the practice of me really becoming a writer, like really understanding that I've created this very weird, unique little space where I actually get to be a writer, a published writer, and people mm -hmm. actually listen to my words or are impacted by them. And um, and I just get to package that in a meditation. And that's, you know, that's sort of how I deliver it. But it's it's really the the words and the writing and the poetry of it that are really meaningful. So that is a long answer to your question. But it's it, it's been over time that I think I have really taken on the identity of somebody who is a creative, who is um, an artist and somebody who wants to to have expression through whatever means that I can. Yeah, yeah. Would you say it's fair that most of your writing starts with a sense of writing because you're trying to process things? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, it's so funny. Every time I, uh, you know, I have a little meltdown, my husband will always be like, "Go write a meditation about it," mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it it is a very cathartic experience for me to like get those words out on the screen. And for me, I don't know if other writers are like this, but like for me writing is incredibly painful. Like it is, mm. it, it takes a lot. It's probably the hardest work that I do, but it is the most, like I get the most amount of satisfaction and fulfillment from it because I'm like, oh, like once it's done, I'm like, yes, this is, oh, that was really good. Like I've given birth to this thing, right? It was very yes. painful, but man, I've got this beautiful thing here. Um, So yeah, it, it is very much a part of like my processing and you know, if you want to know what my life has been like since I've launched this network, just go back and look at the titles and you'll see, you'll see exactly what the trajectory of my life has been because I am writing a lot about my emotions, my feelings, my highs, my lows. And I'm, and I'm doing my best to put that in a way that feels very universal and very um, relatable mm -hmm. to anyone who's listening. Um, but, you know, and the best compliments that I get are like, God, I felt like you were talking to me, like I'm going through this thing. And I felt like you were just in my head and expressing exactly what I couldn't express. So yeah, it is, it is very much a part of my process. Mm, yeah. Was there a specific point at which, cause I know a lot of people who, who 
if you're starting your craft and what it is that you're doing creatively for personal reasons, right? Like if it's, you know, processing or if it's just a personal interest that you're pursuing and it's fulfilling a need for you, is it, was there a point at which there was kind of this aha moment of like, oh, wait, you know what, actually, I need to be doing this so that it's serving some other people. So that it's not simply just me doing this in private, in journals and stuff, but now actually I need to bring this out to the marketplace and make this into something that is part of my business. Was that conscious or was that just kind of a slow evolution that happened? Um, I think it it was very conscious and it's happened in really interesting stages and in very different ways over the years. So, you know, part of me always knew as a as a young person that I that I wanted to be a writer. Like I wanted to write and and I don't know why that felt good. Like I I journaled a lot and it's you know, like it was great and I wrote great essays for my teachers and stuff like that, but it wasn't like, you know, oh my gosh, I get so lit up writing this, you yeah. know, anthology of whatever. But for some reason, I feel like there is a, was a subconscious part of me that knew that I wanted to make an impact and I could make an impact in a way that gave me still some sense of anonymity. I didn't, I've never loved the idea of my face being plastered everywhere. And that's the way I can make a difference. N not that I, don't I'm unwilling to show up that way, but it was like I, I still wanted to be able to make big impact and allow it to be about the impact itself and and less about me and my face, right? So um, so knowing that, like I sort of had gotten it in my head, I want to be a writer, I want to be a writer, I want to be a writer. And um, gosh, it was my late 20s, mid to late 20s. I was sort of in corporate, I was doing my thing. Did not love corporate, no surprise. Mm -hmm. And um, and at some point, you know, you want to talk about, you know, writing being part of the process. I, you know, me and X number 850 broke up and um, and I decided to write about it. I was like, you know what? I am done not having the right man in my life. I want real, amazing, earth shattering, universal, you know, waves going through the the world kind of love. And I need to write this. I'm going to write a book about it. And so I ended up writing a book that I'm embarrassed about now. It, it was a good book, actually, but like it was like this was back in 2009. So or 2008. So I was, I did it as a, you know, like a PDF downloadable book and it was called mm -hmm. like Red Flags and Amber Lights is a horrible name, but the book itself was really good. Like it was my first time, like really doing that switch and saying, okay, mm -hmm. I'm, I know I'm good at this kind of writing and that's for me, but like, I want to be good at writing that really speaks to somebody else. And so I wrote this really, um, you know, decent, like nonfiction book about how to find true love really is what it was. And it was the, here are the steps and here's what you need to know about yourself and who do you need to become in order to attract this person. And so I was very much living those words as I was writing them. And, uh, and you know, the kind of clincher to that story is, you know, I kind of finished the book and then my now husband and I kind of officially met and, and got together and I never wrote that back into the book and I tried to, and it just was done and whatever. So that kind of went off to the side, but I say that because that was like my first attempt at really putting that stuff out there. And I didn't get a lot of feedback about it because it didn't really go out to too many places. Like I wasn't really great at business back then. Um, but that was my first attempt. And then fast forward, you know, in sort of my first attempts at, at having a side gig and being an entrepreneur, I was like, well, I can write. I'll do copy for you. I'll do anything. Like, what can I do to like make some money? 
And I, of course I can write website copy. Of course I can write email copy. Of course I can write, you know, whatever it is you need. And so I just would flex that muscle of like, I have to be this person. Who's the other person on the end of this reading this? And what do they want to hear? And how can I make them feel? So I just started learning and, and kind of um, educating myself about what that writing really looks like. And then if, again, like, you know, in all of these different waves and, and manners, I have sort of had this opportunity to to do that, to like um, flip this out on the its its other side and make sure that the writing I'm doing is just is not just self-serving, that it really mm-hmm. can hit home with somebody. And I think that that's the lesson I've learned as a creative, specifically through writing, is that I need I need it to hit at the heart of the person reading, listening, experiencing, whatever it is. Like that's that is how my creativity comes full circle. Is when I know that the like here's how like I've recently actually taken like songwriting classes because you know when you know you get like the the um, lyrics to a song and like you could remember how that made you feel like 13 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like, oh, you're there, and you. That song has etched itself in your heart, not because of just the song and the music, but those words and the way that they felt at that time, like you remember that forever. And that's what I have become very aware that in my recent most, you know, most recent evolution of writing, like through these poetic meditations, like that's what I want. I want someone to listen and to be able to like just feel it in their heart and to have that that memory of like oh god that made me feel so much like a b c or d and that is like the that ultimate like yes i've done that i have mm-hmm. i have not made this self-serving yes it's been part of me and my process and i've needed this as a catharsis to kind of get this thing out but but it only really is serving if it's got that other part to it called it really lands at the on the heart of the of the person listening yeah yeah, I totally understand that and totally agree because I feel the same way. It's if I create something, it's not really complete until it goes out and connects with somebody. And then yeah. once that connection has actually been made, that's when I feel like, okay, what I've done is actually having impact and is serving somebody and is, you know, it's having the ripple effect, right? Um, because it affected me creating it. And that's great. But if that's all it does, then it just doesn't really come to be what it needs to be, I believe, you know, and um, I think you bring up a great point in that thinking about the other person, thinking about who's on the other side of what it is that I'm creating, because a lot of creators, I think it's easy for you to get lost in process. It's easy to get lost in self-expression and what it does to you as the creator of how you get fed and filled up and energized and all that. But yet, if it's going to have any sort of interaction in the public eye, um, we need to be thinking about who's on the other side of this. How are they interacting with it? How are they receiving it? Is it clear? Um, Because I think so many times there may be something that's really clear to us, but we put it out there and we we quickly come to realize, no, actually, (laughs) nobody really understands what this is. Nobody really knows what to do with this. Um, There's a disconnect someplace. And to be able to get that feedback to know Oh, actually, this is helpful. This is um, useful for somebody. Uh, I I think it's really um, key that that happens. And so I'm glad that you brought that up as a point to say, you know, this was a a huge learning for you to think about that, um, the end user, if you will, in mind. 
Um, yeah. So, and I think I think the the business part of me has lent itself to that because sure, <clears throat> when you're in business, you have to think about that end user. You have to think about whoever it is who is eventually going to buy your product or say yes to whatever service you have, right? And you know, I've I've been in business and for myself in some regard for 13 years now, almost 14 years now, and so I have had to constantly shift into that space, like. I could have all of this beautiful writing I want, or I could do all of this awesome creative stuff. But if there's no, if there's no consumer on the other end, who's really going to say yes to that, um, then I don't really have a business. I definitely don't have a business, right? Like I might have a lot of creative stuff, but I don't have a business. And so I feel like it's sort of given a lot of balance to that hyper um, artsy creative side of me. And it's sort of balanced out with like, okay, and especially in the regard of me building the network itself, I'm constantly having to think of like, okay, here's a new show that I can um, launch. And I think it would do really like I, it's a show I would love to listen to, right? Or a meditation that I would love to have. But is it like, are there, is there an audience for it out there? Like, is there someone who's actually going to listen and be impacted? And I have to, that has to be a big part of the equation before I actually do anything or make a big business decision at all here. Yeah. Yeah. And so bringing up the the network and, and how is it that it made its way to you writing about, you know, certain experiences that you're, you're having personally, and then, okay, now you've ch- channeled this into meditation and into your network. Like talk us through, like, what does that part of the journey look like for you? Yeah. The, uh, uh the quick part, the quick kind of description of it is that, um, I had a, an entirely different podcast in business that was all entrepreneur based, right? It was called Biz Women Rock. And I had that from 2014 um, up until almost t- uh, 2020. So I had it for quite some time in 2018. And it was great. You know, t- you want to talk about like, you know, sharing and making that writing kind of go forward and that creative expression go forward and like hit and land with people, right? That was a really great experiment for that. And, um, and, uh, in 2018, I had all the big plans to like triple business that year and like really go all out. And it was wonderful. And then I got pregnant with my second daughter and in a heartbeat, everything changed. I was like, nope, done it. I'm done. I don't want that business anymore, <laughs> which was a really terrifying thought that came up because a week later I had loved it and everything was great. So, um, so to fast forward a little bit, I basically kind of like stood back for a little while and was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't think I want to continue on this path that I thought was going to be great, but what do I now do? And in that time period, I, you know, I would go on walks with my husband every day and, um, you know, it's about a month into these walks of things like really kind of quieting down and me trying to figure out like, what, what am I doing now? Like, what am I doing? And, you know, we're walking and he, I have done my daily vent about, I can make this work. I'm superwoman and no way. I don't want to do anything in business. I just want to be full-time mom, like all of the things. Right. And so one day I've, I've finished venting about that. And he says, well, what about that meditation idea? And what he was referring to is just a couple months prior when I was doing like my annual planning, I had had this random idea to do a meditation podcast for women. And I came back and I told him about it and he thought it was a great idea and I did nothing with it because it didn't really fit into the business at the time. So now here he was months later going, well, what about that meditation idea? That's a really good idea. And I was like, what about it? And he's like, 
what about it? And <laughs> that was just the seed that got planted right then and there for like, what could this thing be? And so over, you know, weeks, uh, days and weeks and months are not, not too long, but we just really talked about like, what could this thing be? And so, um, you know, I knew that it was really my next evolution of work in this world with women. I've always been very passionate about doing work with women for women. Um, and that that podcast and business was all for women entrepreneurs. And I was like, well, this would actually help me reach more women. And, um, you know, it'd be really cool to be able to like get into their ears, into their subconscious and really like say these things that I'm saying a lot of times to clients in meetings and it has nothing to do with business, but it's like this soul love that they need, right? Like how, how about I just do that for everyone? So um, anyway, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I knew with that idea, it was a network because I knew that there were so many topics and kind of facets and niches that I could do under this giant banner of women um, because that didn't exist in podcasting at the time. There were, there were no meditations for women at that time. Like there was, mm. there was one other one that was like transcendental meditation for women, which is a very, very specific type of meditation. So I was like, I can't believe, I can't believe this is open. I'm going to take this space. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be there. So I started with my very first podcast, Meditation for Women. And, and what it was, like what drove me was I'm going to create, I'm just going to step forward into this idea that I actually think is pretty damn big. And it's terrifying because it's big. It's taking me away from what I know and how I have done things in the past. But I have a toddler and a, and I'm about to have a newborn. And I don't want a business that, that, forces me to sit my butt in the seat in order to make money anymore. Like mm -hmm. that was a business where I was a coach. I had to, I had to be on, I had to be on social media. I had to, you know, I had to be live with stuff. And I was like, I, I don't want that. I, I could make it work, but I just don't want that. So, so I knew this business in the creation of it, like in the actual like content creation, like I'm in my closet, you know, or on my bed, writing on my computer. I don't have to schedule interviews with people. I don't have to be one-on-one -on -one with clients. Like I'm just writing, recording, and I'm putting it out there. And I could do that during nap time, bedtime, all that sort of stuff. And so I didn't really get until probably a year into it that I was actually a writer like mm -hmm. oh I'm right oh like this is a, a, a writing expression like really what I was just trying to do is just sort of write down all the things that I knew I wanted to say through these meditations in all these different ways and it took about a year for me to be like oh this is like a process like this is this is like an actual piece like an art piece right here of me doing this and a couple of things made that apparent to me one was that <clears throat> obviously about a year into it I was writing a lot more. Like I was, I had a lot of writing under my belt by that point, a lot of writing of meditations. And so I was learning about like the cadence of a meditation of what words do I need to say during, like, it's not just a poem. It's not just me speaking. Like I, there's a certain process and an experience that I want somebody listening to go through. And my words have to help guide that. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was that I changed um, producers about a year in and my old producer was great. But the new producer I, and that I now have is like an artist. Like he is a a sound engineer. Like he's like he's putting you know sound effects on there that sound like me breathing when I'm saying breathe in. Like he's it, it is a real magical piece of art. I have joked with him before that we're like, you know. Uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney and we're just like I'm like okay I'm right I'm doing the writing and then you do it and like put your music magic on it and then like it's created this beautiful piece of art at the end of the day 
And I really believe that they're like that. So it it allowed me to step into taking that artistry a lot more seriously. Um, so that's really been the process of it and just wanting and having a desire to get better and better at that because the feedback has been exactly like, wow, like that, that's good. Yes. I needed yeah. to hear that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love how you, you talk about that in terms of it coming together, like this piece of art and, you know, it sounded like really more documentation almost in the beginning, right? Because you're going, okay, what is the process here? What is it that I need to do? And how is it that I'm doing it? And then once you're going through that, you're, you're, you're having discoveries yourself. And then you're bringing that even further into what it is that you're doing. Um, and then you're partnering with somebody else who has some gifts and abilities. And so there's this collaboration piece in there too, which I yeah. think is beautiful. Um, did you have a sense of who you were serving and, and able to connect with an audience right away? Or did you have a little bit of a journey in figuring out who that was and reaching those people? And if so, how did that happen? Um, I knew, I mean, the, this is going to go against everything that they tell you in business and podcasting is like, oh, you should know exactly like you shouldn't be able to name that woman right, who's listening. Right. right. The avatar. And I, yeah. And I wasn't that clear because I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm sort of writing as me. Right. But these feelings are so universal. Like, you know, to be honest, even though for the purpose of business and in having a niche and being wise about that niche being open, like, and my own desires to, to service women. Yes. It's called meditation for women. It's called the women's meditation network. Right. But anyone can listen because these feelings, these emotions, these experiences are typically very universal, you know, except the ones where I'm talking about, you know, talking about motherhood or, you know, things that are very, very specific to a certain experience. But um, yeah, you know, from the get-go, and this is true even to today, like I know I'm speaking to, and the, the women who are listening are sometimes new to meditation and they have been off put by other meditations. My goal is to make these very approachable, very easy. They, they're not, they don't look scary like traditional meditation. I'm not having traditional meditation speak in here. Um, the titles themselves are very much like, yes, I want, you're extraordinary. Yes, I am. I want to listen to that one, right? Or, you know, when, when things look really heavy, yes, that's, that's the one I want to listen to. So, um, you know, but I knew that there was an audience right away. Um, so I launched the podcast that meditation for women, the original in July of 2018. And again, at that point, I had a whole nother podcast called biz women rock. And, uh, that one was averaging like, let's say 5,000 downloads a month, which is, you know, I was supported a very healthy business for me. And by October of that year, so just a few months later, my meditation for women hit 5,000 downloads for the month. I was like, oh, okay. I think I'm, I think people are responding. <laughs> um, yeah. And then most definitely when the pandemic hit in early 2020, my numbers skyrocketed because I could see people are searching this out. They're seeking um, ways to find more calm, to let go of anxiety, to deal with the fear that's coming up. And, and that's constantly been the case. And, and it's been that case with every podcast I've launched, you know, and when I launched sleep meditation for women, that was the second one that I launched. Um, and I launched that in 2020, summer of 2020 in my head, I was like, how many times can I tell somebody, how many episodes of this can I have? Like how many times right. can I tell somebody, close your eyes, calm down, take a deep breath and fall asleep. But here we are all these years later, that is my largest show. Um, and you know, I, there you can't, 
there's always different ways to express whatever message or experience that I want somebody to really get. And they respond in, in turn. And so like, I, it, it has just been this really beautiful dance of like, I'm going to try a bunch of new stuff. And then you tell me what works, what doesn't, you know, and I know that sometimes by their direct messaging, messaging of me or by just download numbers of like, which episodes are, are the most popular and how can I create more of those? So mm. yeah, it's been a really interesting, constantly watching and being willing to dance with that interaction. Right, right. Was it helpful that you had your previous podcast and then moved into this as far as like a base of people? I know, obviously, it's not going to be a one to one. Everybody just kind of moves over. But like from what I've seen, you know, people who are starting out and they're at zero and they're like, OK, I need to gather around me the right community and the right audience. Um, it's it's a much harder thing to get going as opposed to someone who may already have something and they're just switching maybe their theme or, you know, they're, they're at least a known entity, you know what I mean? To some degree. Um, was that your experience? Yeah, to, uh, a little bit. Yes. I mean, I, and I definitely leaned into that. I definitely leveraged my current community back then and gave them incentive to go and listen to the new podcast, which was weird because they all knew me as this very like hyper, like, okay, we're talking business and that's <laughs> yeah, my yeah. voice. And now here they hear me and they're like, okay, close your Soothing. eyes. They're like, I have no idea who you are right now. This is very <laughs> weird. Um, but, and so I definitely leaned into that and leveraged that. And um, and then there's this other aspect called because I had the experience of podcasting before there was a big um, I I didn't have a learning curve for podcasting. I knew what right. a program schedule looked like. I knew how to show up to my mic. I knew how to, I didn't have to relearn all of those sticky things that can kind of slow down progress when you're a very first time podcaster. So all of that tech, all of that stuff. So, yes, it gave me an absolute leg up. But. I can absolutely tell you, I mean, that community, that old business community was very small and mighty. And while it, yes, seeded and sort of like gave a, a, an initial foundation for that listenership, you know, it's been, it's been, the work has been in growing that listenership way beyond that, right? Just because I, I it needs to be up to more. I mean, that was my goal, like go from this small little niche to even, you know, millions and millions and millions of women across the world. Right, right. Yeah. So you said there's at, at the time of this recording, you have nine different shows that are on the, in this network, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. What is it that fuels you to go, okay, there's something more, there's something next to do. Like, is, is there something already in mind that you have where you're like, okay, I've done this stuff, we're doing this stuff, but here's where I want to go. Here's something that I maybe want to try that I haven't yet. Yeah. Um, I don't know when it was like, it might've been when I released, I don't know, my, probably my fourth podcast that I was like, oh, this is a, like, I'm a media company. Like I am mm -hmm. a, I am a media company production company. Like I am a, a publishing house and I just happen to, you know, niche into podcasts right now. That's where I am. And I, I think I really owned that concept so that, uh, and it got really exciting for me to play this game called, I, I have a media company and what can I produce that allows people to get value out of my media company? And, um, and that was, it took me a while to get to, to have that shift because, you know, when I started the podcast, when I started the, the network, I was pregnant. I was, and for a year and a half, the, for the first like year and a half, almost two years, I was managing two businesses 
two babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, oh my God. So it wasn't until really the end of 2019 where I sort of let go of that old business and podcast and really could focus in on this, that I really was able to shift into like, okay, now I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old and I can create, it's not like I, I can create one meditation a week. And then, you know, basically the question became, once I really clicked onto this concept of like, wow, I've got, a, I've got a company here. This, this can be big. The entrepreneur in me gets really excited because that is like, oh my gosh, this is fun to build this stuff. Mm-hmm. It is so fun to build a whole organization and operation around what I consider these little kind of like pieces of love that go out into the world. And that's my ultimate mission, right? Is to make sure that more and more love and light is going out in the world that can feel so dark sometimes. And the game for me becomes, how do I create a company whose job it is to to manufacture those as, as high quality and as high quantity as possible? And that to me, that's a really fun game. It is incredibly overwhelming. I have a, you know, we're kind of putting the final pieces on our 2023 plan right now. And like, I have some really big goals to grow this network, i.e. grow how many podcasts we have. And it feels daunting. It feels like, oh my, there's no way in hell I can do that. (laughs) But one by one over these years, I've gotten, you know, more people who are part of my team, um, you know, people who, whose brilliance can now lend themselves to the mission that we're here to do in this world. And it feels really beautiful. And, you know, it. so I've actually like hired out writers for two of my podcasts because, you know, if, if we would have been talking just a few months ago, I was writing for um, how many of my shows back then? For five shows. I had, I'm sorry, for four shows. I have four shows at that time that were like actual guided meditations. And I had three shows that were just sound. So I wasn't doing any writing for them. So I was writing 80 to 100 scripts a month mm. with the schedule that I have. Yeah. And I was going a little crazy. You know, like, I'm <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to write all this anymore. Um, and so I actually hired out writers um, for two of my shows. Um, and that has been incredibly liberating. It's allowed me to put a little bit more creativity into the two shows I still write for. And um, and that feels really good and empowering and also sort of challenges that creative, like, wait, I don't want to, I don't want to mm-hmm. give give away, you know, this this creative part here. But I also understand that my creativity is going to this other thing called growing this business. And that, yeah, again, like I, I think it comes down to it feels like a really fun game for me. Like, how can I make this as efficient as possible, as effective as possible? How can I you know, I'm really lucky in that I know such amazing human beings who have the same values that I have, that the company has, that wants to participate in this good work out into the world. Yeah. And they speak that same language, you know? And so, like, I get to sort of gather them all up and say, like, hey, we're doing this together. And I have this I have this thing that, that can do it. So, you know, your piece is here, your piece is here, your piece is here. Let's all do this together. Yeah. Yeah. Are there other formats that you're entertaining doing beyond podcasting? Yeah. So I have a YouTube channel right now, um, Mm -hmm. specifically for sleep. It's the sleep meditation for women YouTube channel. And I've had that for about a year and that's growing. It's a slower growth, but that's growing. Um, I don't really want to do too much more in the video space. It's not one I love, but you know, if I have people on my team who love it, great. How about it? You know, (laughs) um, 
But I would love to and can very quickly get into like written publishing. So again, I sort of describe myself as this, as a giant publishing house. Um, and again, I just sort of have started with podcasts, you know, have some video, but I would love to get into written publishing, like written stuff. And there's so much content that I have in audio format that can lend itself very easily to books and to journals and to, you know, daily affirmation type of things or whatever it is. I mean, there's literally a gazillion things that I could do right now. Um, and I would love to expand that. So I definitely see that as part of the future growth. Mm, yeah. I think when you talk about yourself as a, as a publishing house or company, it opens up possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's so many things of going, man, we can dream here and think up, it's not disjointed projects, right? It's all within the same umbrella, but it's different ways of connecting with people and serving people. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember like, for me, having a realization moment of that of going, okay, well, I have these different creative expressions. And at one point in my life, I always felt like they were competing and fighting for my time and attention, and everything else. But then I realized like, oh, the through thread there actually is I'm a communicator. And sometimes I communicate through podcasts. Sometimes it's through visual art. Sometimes it's through speaking or writing or there may be different expressions, but ultimately it all comes down to I'm a communicator. And so for you, yeah. it sounds like you identified that thing was I am a you know publishing company here. Uh, and the way in which we do this may change and it may look different depending upon project to project. But there's that through line that goes all the way through in what you're doing and how you're doing things. And then, like I said, it opens up possibilities. So that's exciting, you know? Yeah, it gets really exciting. Like, oh, man, like this is this is huge. You know, I had a goal when I was um, in college, you know, 20, 21 years old, um, that I wanted to impact millions of women around the world. And I had no I had just taken like my first women's studies class and my gender and communication class. And I was like all on fire about like, I'm going to, I don't know how I'm just going to help women, millions and millions of women around the world. And it's interesting that, you know, I've sort of had all these iterations of mm -hmm. trying to do that in some way, whether I was conscious of it or not. And it literally just hit me probably like earlier this year in 2022, where I was like, I, I'm doing that. I'm doing <laughs> yeah. the cool. Oh my gosh. And I can do more like that is so cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if somebody's listening right now and they're like, okay, I'm hearing you talk about this stuff. I want to check it out. Where can they go to actually check out these podcasts and to see some of what you're doing? Yeah. So if you go to the podcast player that you're listening to now, go type in meditation for women. Um, all of the shows should come up because they have that in the title. So the original is obviously called that, but now you also have sleep meditation for women, morning meditation for women, healing meditation for women, all the things. So, um, so just go type meditation for women up, go choose the one or many that really call to you, go subscribe and go take a listen, see what you think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I highly encourage everyone because you're listening to a podcast right now. So yeah. what's one more, right? You just, <laughs> I, I love doing that. I love going and just finding some new stuff and going, Hey, I want to check this out. And sometimes you discover things and you're like, wow, you know what? I'm really glad that I took a moment to just download an episode and sample it yeah. because you yeah. can really find some things that, that resonate with you and that uh, continue to impact you. So, yeah. yeah. And you have a, a, an offer that you'd like to talk about, right? Uh, for some yeah. people. Yeah. So yeah. So for the new year, yeah. for the new year, we have um, the new year giveaway. Um, and we have created um, and had amazing companies contribute to these 
gift baskets that are worth over $300 each. Um, you know, we have some probiotics in there. We have some teas in there. We have just, I mean, all the good stuff, athletic greens. I mean, just tons of really, really good stuff. Um, and we're giving 10 gift baskets away. So uh, just to celebrate the new year and just, you know, helping kick off a really great year for you. So if you want to do that, all you have to do is go subscribe to any one of the podcasts, as I just explained before, go ahead and then go to Apple podcasts and put in a rating or review. Give me an honest rating or review. Tell me, you know, what you loved about the episode. Um, screenshot that, go share it on Instagram or Facebook, tag Women's Meditation Network, and then you're officially entered. And we're taking entries all month long and we'll announce the winners at the end of the month. Awesome. Awesome. And I love that too, encouraging people to to leave the ratings and reviews because that really does make a difference. Uh, and I know it's something that yeah, as podcasters, we're always like, hey, can you leave a rating or review? But that's not simply just a self-serving thing. It's really because we want to reach more people and uh, and is. those things make a huge difference for sure. It does. It really, yeah. really does. Apple Apple looks on it kindly if more and more people are, are really rating and reviewing and, um, and helps us get in front of even more people. So that's really yeah. the ultimate goal. Yeah. Cool. Well, I want to thank you so much for our time today, Katie. I mean, this is amazing just to hear your story unfold and to see all the things you're doing and how you're you're doing this stuff. Man, it's just so obvious. Your face is lit up as we're talking. <laughs> you know, you have this energy and um, that you truly love what it is that you're doing. And yeah. that love translates to other people. So thank you so much for showing up like that. I really, really oh. appreciate that. Mike, you are so welcome. And I'm very appreciative of your podcast and for the opportunity to get the word out and just share these little pieces of love with even more people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are aligned in that. We need, yeah. like you said before, you know, we need more love and light in this world for sure. And yeah. so uh, if we all help each other, uh, you know, I mean, I think we all win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. true. Thank you, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.